0: We are so thrilled uh, and honored to go to our Auburn Bank phone line to bring on a new guest, a new friend of the program. It's Bob Pachris from Fox Sports, the great NASCAR reporter joining us on the program today. Bob, the time is greatly appreciated. Greetings from Auburn. How are you today, sir? Doing
1: great, glad Glad to be
0: on with you. We're, uh, we're certainly thrilled to have this conversation with you. We'll, we'll be honest, a couple of us here in the studio got really into the sport in 2020 when uh, NASCAR was one of the first sports to come back. Uh, Here in Alabama, we obviously have Talladega ties, uh, and so many people have have started following the sports recently over the past few seasons. You've been one of the top voices and follows in the sport as well. I'm curious from you, kind of your interactions in Talladega throughout your career and through the state. Have have any trips to Auburn taken place in your lifetime, Bob? Um, Yes, I want to
1: say I cover a lot of college baseball. Uh, when I was worked for the Daytona paper from 91 to 2003 I believe I I, uh, no, I can't remember whether I covered I know I covered a baseball regional somewhere in Alabama it may have been Auburn it may have been what Alabama what the odds but, yeah wow uh, you know so uh, so I believe there um, I don't think I covered some college football but don't think I ever got to uh, a game at Auburn so uh, but you know, I um certainly you know, there are actually plenty of people who work in the sport who've either worked at Auburn, you know, in a sports industry type of role or uh or went to Auburn and, and found their way into NASCAR. So, um I certainly I certainly ran into uh, plenty of uh plenty of Auburn people, uh That's for
0: sure. Yeah, and and obviously here in the state of Alabama, we've got Talladega, and so many people know what that means uh, to the sport of NASCAR. Here we are this season in 2022, over halfway home with the year so far and and, and with sports kind of getting back to a level of normalcy, so to speak. We mentioned a moment ago with NASCAR kind of being the first uh, sport to give it a go when we were in the heart of the pandemic. Have you noticed any shifts in fans or just the way the sport is consumed over the past? uh eighteen months, twenty four months, however you want to look at it.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know whether it's because uh NASCAR's one of the first sports to come back uh during uh during COVID or you know just the fact that you now have Michael Jordan as a co owner of a team. You have Tippo as co owner of this of a team. You know, NASCAR did this race where they put a you know they, they put a track inside the LA Memorial Coliseum and, and ran exhibition race there inside that iconic venue. So some of these things that NASCAR's been doing to kind of branch out and attract new fans I think ha- has worked and, and you certainly can see it on Race Day. you, you see uh, you see more you see a, a younger, more diverse fan base uh, going to the events
2: and Bob to talk about what's going on with this season now and last week we we saw a very entertaining race in Atlanta a a completely different type of Atlanta if people are just starting to come to the sport Uh, this this uh, bump drafting style of Atlanta uh, not what we saw until this year Uh, talk about how that's being received I know Atlanta went back up from one race to two races here recently Uh, do you kind of foresee that going on is this been well received as a, a, a change for the track
1: I think it's been well received by the fans for sure. It, you know, when they paved the track at Atlanta, they also redid the banking and the width in certain areas of the track. And so now it races more like Daytona and Talladega because of the increased banking. NASCAR needs to lower the speed. So the cars don't uh, virtually don't get airborne as they're, as they're racing. As far as like just lift off speeds, they go- could be going two twenty, two thirty, if they didn't uh, reduce the speeds there. So, it's kind of created this drafting type racing, which is thrilling to watch, uh, for dry, now for drivers. It's a, it's a different style of racing. They don't always feel in total control because a lot of it is dependent on a push from another driver. And they also, and then the drivers need to block coming runs. So it's not necessarily a driver's favorite style of racing, unless they're really good at it. The hits, seem to be a little bit harder now in atlanta than they were before and that is a little bit uh certainly something that the drivers are aware of and uh you know and and i would say have, have have some concern about you know to make sure that that uh you know that that they can race and have a have a good event and and you know not um you know, you see the Wild breaks at Daytona and Talladega and you just, you, you kind of, you you don't want to see something, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, you don't want to see an accident as bad as, you know, as we've seen in some of, in some of those other tracks. So again, I think, you know, the fans love it. It's an exciting race. And I think, you know, drivers are kind of, you know, they, they, they certainly don't want any more <laughs> Atlantas. Right. But they're, I think they're willing to take that Atlanta is what it is. and, and, And then it does provide exciting race.
2: And, of course, we saw Chase Elliott, uh, the home state kid, win um, in Atlanta, now winning two out of the last three races. I watched your fast thoughts uh, after that race and, and talking a little bit about how he's starting to peak here as we get towards the playoffs. I, I know he's pretty much led the points for a long time, but now starting to get in those win columns. Do you kind of see him now as pulling away, as, as at least a championship favorite, or, or do you still think this is still... Uh, obviously the playoffs will shake everything up but do you still see other drivers as still being right there with Chase as far as as championship favorites
1: yeah well I, I'm not sure whether he's pulling away I would say maybe he's kind of stepping away <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I think he, he's he's, he's- he, he's moving himself. He's kind of establishing himself as the favorite. He's putting a little bit of distance between him and the other drivers, but it's not coming at an incredible pace, right? It's not coming. You know, where you're you're like, oh, he's. You're not etching his name on the champion trophy. You're probably not even etching his name as definitely one of those drivers who's going to be in the final four. But what he's done the last month is that he has uh, that is that he has you know one two races. He's come back from a a race at Road America where he he gave one away and came back the following week and won at Atlanta in a race where he also gave up the lead late and had a rally to get it back. And when you look at those things, those things tell me that he's mentally ready to make a championship run and mentally ready to pull himself away from the rest of the pack, whether he does it or not remains to be seen.
2: And Bob, big news in the sport, obviously yesterday with uh, with Tyler Reddick going uh, to twenty three eleven here in a, in a year and a half's time. Uh, how surprising was that move to you? And then where do we go from here with with the dynamics of a two car team or a three car team at twenty three eleven, and then what RCR does next? Yeah, so uh, it wasn't
1: a surprise that Tyler. It's not a surprise that Tyler Reddick is going to twenty three eleven racing and. 2024. It was a surprise that they announced it and got the deal done here in July 2022. Um, You know, look, Tyrek's one of the best drivers in the series, uh, you know, just earned his first career cup win. But people think that he has many wins, a two-time Xfinity champion, that he's going to be a superstar. And so it's no surprise that every team was interested in Tyler Reddick. Once his deal at RCR ended in 2023, and you know he looked at what Denny Hamlin's doing, he can look at that organization and say, ten years down the road, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan are probably still owning it. You know, when you look at what Richard Childress, you look at where he was at Richard Childress Racing, you just, you know, you just don't know where the, kind of where that organization will be in ten years and who will be running it. And he, so he went to a place where he knew there was some. You know, potentially more stability and obviously a lot of support from Toyota. So, what does that mean for twenty three eleven? It means that there probably be it'd still be a two car team in twenty twenty four. A lot of people expect Kurt Busch to retire after next season. Although, you know, the way Kurt Busch is running, you you, you, ne- you never can tell about Kurt. But I think the the kind of the feeling is is that Kurt will most likely retire after next season. And then if he doesn't. I think that, you know, then 2311 starts hunting for a charter and, and getting, uh you know, and, and, and expanding to three full-time cars. So the thing they knew is that they wanted Redick and knew that they had to get him signed or else somebody else was probably going to go after him and sign him. What happens to RCR, I think, remains to be seen. But, you know, I think that. They they know that their best bet to earn to get a high profile driver and solid sponsors in 2024 is to run well with Reddick in 2023 because they need to show that they can win races consistently
2: and Bob being the first time winner for Tyler Reddick kind of gives more voice to the crowd that is wanting to see uh, 16 or even 17 uh, winners before the playoffs where do you stand on the likeliness here now that we have about 6 races left before the playoffs yeah
1: 13, 13 race 13 winners I, I, you know, I've been saying all year I'm skeptical of it and I'm still skeptical that there'll be 16 or 17 winners I think you'll still have one driver get in on points uh, I think that you know a lot of these races coming up we'll see drivers who've won before win granted you do have two road courses in Daytona that potentially could be wild cards but I just think at least a couple of those you'll see somebody you've seen who, who's already won when, when, when the
0: race is Bob Pachris of Fox Sports is our guest here on this Thursday edition of Sports Call here in Auburn. Uh, You could follow him on Twitter for his work, at Bob Pachris. I want to talk a little Talladega with you, Bob, because obviously it's such a big event here in the sport. What do you enjoy most about race weeks at Talladega?
1: (laughs) I enjoy walking down Talladega Boulevard at about 9 or 9.30 at night in the... uh... And uh, seeing the sights and talking to fans and just every watching people have a good time. Uh, you know, I think, I mean, I think that you know the atmosphere of Talladega is what is what makes makes that track. And and the you know you you, you get you get to the track in the morning and you just smell the burning wood, right? And it's it's uh, and you know all these people have trekked to Talladega to, to, to have a good time. Watch a little racing and then have a more of a good time and then watch a little racing and have more of a good time. So you know I think of Talladega I think of, of just you know that this is this is one of that's one of those places where people come. They've been coming for decades. They camp next to the people they've been camping near for decades, and it's just a place where you know race fans gather to you know to kind of potentially forget everything else in their lives and just enjoy a good solid weekend.
0: Bob, in your lifetime, when and where was the first NASCAR race that you attended?
1: Uh, I think the first NASCAR race I attended was probably the 92 Daytona 500. Uh, because I started working in the Daytona paper uh, in in the summer of 91. So uh, that's probably, I would think that was my first race. I don't think I attended one before that.
0: Had you followed the sport much at all before, or was this the, the job opportunity to go and, and cover the Daytona 500, and, and then all of a sudden you're kind of all the way in it?
1: <laughs> well, I grew up in Indianapolis. I okay. moved to Indianapolis when I was ten, so I was very used to the Indy Five Hundred. I was very used to auto racing. I was a little bit more on the IndyCar Car side than the NASCAR side. I wasn't all that familiar. My my knowledge of NASCAR was pretty much from Days of Thunder, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I and I learned uh, what about that was true and what about that was uh, was uh, was Hollywood as I started covering more NASCAR stuff uh, in the early '90s.
0: We're turning this into a Bob Pachris personal conversation here, and I'm loving it. I'm just so curious, as someone who uh, hasn't been to a race before, and a couple of my colleagues here have been to a few, some uh, have only been to uh, a handful, from your first race to now, this is what you do. Like, How have you noticed uh, race day change from your perspective from the very first time that you showed up to a racetrack to, say, Sunday when you walk out there once again?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the the sport has grown so much from, a you know, kind of a regional sport where it was in the early 90s to now, you know, a, a national sport that, you know, where, where they're going zigzagging across the nation a few times during the year. <laughs> I see, you know, just so much, you know, broader interest in the sport. Obviously, the cars themselves are so different, uh, you know, the safety measures in these cars. I mean, if you had told me in the 90s that NASCAR would go uh, over 20 years without uh, a death at a race, and a driver in a race in, in their major series, I, w- I would not have, I would not have believed you. I probably wouldn't have believed you if you said they could go 10 years. And the fact that they've been able to go 20 years and the development of the of the safety initiatives, and head restraints, and the safer barriers that they now have at the racetracks, and and just the way the cars are built is just totally is amazing. And you know, um, and, and it's something that, that can't be achieved by luck. You know, it's something that, that's achieved because, at, you know, after Dale Earnhardt died. NASCAR, you know realized that they had they had to use the science and they had to use need the help of others to help them create a safer sport and they have.
0: And it feels as though social media has obviously improved over the years and has helped uh, consume the sport and that sort of thing. Again, he's on Twitter, at Bob Pockris. What do you enjoy so much about engaging with fans of the sport? Because just from following your work, Bob, it's something that you do. And sometimes you get to a level of so many followers and being one of the top reporters in a sport, the last thing that they ever want to do is engage with fans. And I want to compliment you because that is something that we see you doing from time to time. What do you enjoy about that?
1: Well, look, NASCAR's a hard sport to understand, and fans deserve, if they're going to spend their hard-earned time watching a race, you know, if, if people's discretionary time and income are is very limited, right? If you're going to spend money to go to a race, you know, you, you work hard for that money. If you're going to spend a few hours watching a race on a Sunday afternoon, there's a lot of other things you could be doing, and you're sitting there watching that race. And so the people who do that deserve you know to be able to be informed about what's going on they deserve to uh help that they need people to help them understand what's going on or explain things from behind the scenes and and kind of help uh help them understand you know what's fact and what's fiction and you know and also help them understand you know who hates who and who who wants (laughs) to wreck who and who's about to get hired and who's about to get fired and and if I can help fans, uh, if I can help them enjoy and understand the sport, or you know, look, you know, part of the job as a reporter is to try to tell it like it is. And if, if if I say something and explain something, and a fan says, "Well, man, I don't I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm going to go watch baseball," you know, then I've you know I've, I've done my job in some ways, right? And and I like to think that the baseball reports are doing the same thing. And if somebody doesn't like baseball, then they'll come and. And watch a race but you know our our job my job is to help inform people and that's why you know and that's you know social media is a great avenue to help to you know for people to consume information you know some of that information isn't always the most accurate right but it's also a way where you can uh, potentially debunk uh, inaccurate information so I just was, uh, love being able to interact with fans and help them understand uh understand the sport because if you don't understand the sport you're probably not going to watch it
0: well bob keep on keeping on we certainly enjoy following your work and are so grateful for the time that we've had with you on the show today it certainly won't be our last visit with you we'll be sure to get you back here on the show in due time thanks again for taking the phone call today really enjoyed our conversation
2: all right thank you